KSBR is proud to present the Janus Radio Players, part of the Camino Real Playhouse in San Juan Capistrano, California, performing a new adaptation of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving, adapted for radio drama by Richard Hutchinson. And here it is, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. In one of those spacious coves which indent the eastern shore of the Hudson, at that broad expanse of the river named the Tappan Zee, lies a small rural port known as Terrytown. Not far from this village is a little valley, one of the quietest places in the whole world. A small brook glides through it, and the occasional whistle of a quail or the tapping of a woodpecker is almost the only sound that ever breaks in upon the uniform tranquility. From the repose of the place and the peculiar character of its inhabitants, this glen has long been known by the name of Sleepy Hollow. A drowsy, dreamy influence seems to pervade the place. Some say it was bewitched by a high German doctor during its early days. Others that an old Indian chief, the prophet or wizard of his tribe, held his powwows there. Certainly the place continues under the sway of some witching power that holds a spell over the minds of its people causing them to walk in a continual reverie. They are given to marvelous beliefs. The whole hollow abounds with tall tales, haunted spots, and twilight superstitions. The dominant spirit of the valley, however, is the headless horseman who haunts the dark wooded road between Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow, and especially the churchyard midpoint on that journey. Of his dreadful history and dark exploits, this history we shall explore. Yet I mention this place to praise it, despite its ghosts and apparitions, for it is in such little retired valleys that manners and customs remain fixed, while the great torrent of change in this restless country sweeps by them unobserved. They are like little nooks of still water which border a rapid stream, where the straw and bubble ride quietly, undisturbed by the passing current. In this by-place of nature, there lived in a remote period of American history a worthy young man named Ichabod Crane, who, as he expressed it, tarried in Sleepy Hollow for the purpose of instructing the children of the vicinity. Oh, a black cat! Right across in front of me! Oh, oh, heavens! It's a sign! The evil spirits are weakened! Let me see. What does Reverend Rather say on the subject? I, I, I must protect myself. Oh, Mr. Crane. Uh, uh, my husband asks that you stop back by the shop before you retire tonight. Uh, Miss Van Beek, I, you, you startled me from behind. I, I no need to take fright, Mr. Crane. Uh, no, no, uh, of course not. Uh, thank you very much. What, what is it? Oh, sir, Jan wanted to measure you once more for your frock coat. You being all arms and legs and not much between to stop the wind. Pardon my saying so, sir, but then you're young yet. And, well, Jan worries he can't possibly have you done upright. Use all too long in the arm right now. For the coat, I mean. Measure twice, cut once, he always said, and I hold to that as well. So if and you're pleased to stop by this afternoon, sir, Jan can take you down again. And make sure your coat will fit nice and proper before winter comes howling down on us. Leaves already turning. She ain't far off, you can always tell. Oh, and she'll be hard one this year, sir. You can see the moss browning and the leaves already afire, and the geese left so early. And yes, I... yes, uh, of course, madam. I, I, I should be happy to stop by. <laughs> yes, uh, winter bodes ill this year. I am well read in Reverend Mather's history of uh, New England's witchcraft. The signs are clear for all to read who have eyes to see. 
The spirits always conspire against virtuous mortals. I intend to speak on this Monday at the church. Oh, we do also enjoy your lectures on moral improvement, sir. Why, I think your second home is there at the church with all the voice lessons and hymns you arrange with your little choir and your own voices among the best, sir. Oh, thanks to thee, Miss Van Beek. Uh, I shall call on your husband this afternoon. God speed you. Oh, frock coat he'll need, and much more, that one. Need a good wool scarf for that long neck, too, and muffs for them ears. <laughs> muffs the size of skillets to cover them flappers. And I'll be blessed if one frock coat can hang on that frame and keep himself warm. Why, he looks like a scarecrow he loved from a field, bagging and fluttering about like that. Good day to you, Mr. Crane. I trust you find our young boys apt pupils. Uh, good morrow to you, Mr. Tickrose. Uh, yeah, yes, I am very pleased with their devotion to their studies. <laughs> I assume the trusty birch rod has been well used. It is uh, available to me, sir, at, at all times, of course. Do you not employ it? It is at my disposal, sir, and I find that often to be more than enough. <laughs> but spare the rod. Sir, use the rod, and what good can come, save a whipping? The threat oft is greater than the reality, and properly employed, it is all that is needed. I find no use nor any prospect for moral benefit in the senseless beating of a child. But young boys need discipline, sir. Uh, I quite agree. I merely hope so noble a quality can be instilled without the need for such measures. M my apologies, sir. I, I must hurry. I have singing lessons to attend to. <laughs> senseless beatings, indeed. Weak teed to believe in such unmanly kindness. Had I boys still, I'd never trust them to such a schoolmaster. He was an odd mixture of shrewdness and credulity. His appetite for the fantastical and his powers of digesting it were equally extraordinary. No tale was too monstrous for him to swallow whole. These, however, were mere terrors of the night, mental phantoms that walk in darkness. Daylight put an end to all of these evils. And he would have passed a pleasant life, despite the devil and all his works, if his path had not been crossed by a being that causes more perplexity to mortal men than ghosts, goblins, and the whole race of witches put together. And that was a woman. <laughs> Among those who assembled one evening each week to receive instructions in singing psalms was Katrina Van Tassel, the daughter and only child of a substantial Dutch farmer. She was a blooming lass of 18, ripe and rosy-cheeked and famed, not just for her beauty, but for her father's estate. She was a bit of a coquette and displayed the prettiest foot and ankle in the county. Ichabod Crane had a soft and foolish heart towards all of the fair sex, and it is no surprise that so tempting a morsel soon found favor in his eyes. Nor, of course, did her father's rich farmstead fail to escape his notice. Indeed, his insistence on privately instructing Katrina in voice was part of his intention to woo her in weekly increments. Good morrow, Mr. Crane. Any dangerous spirits on the road this morning, young man? N no, sir. The, the day is and shall always remain godly. <clears throat> I uh, am here, sir, for Miss Von Tassel's weekly lesson, if Miss Von Tassel is uh, qu quite ready. She awaits you in the front parlor. Uh, thank you, sir. I, as always, am honored to be here. Your home is so grand. Help it has the wages of a life's hard work, my lad, and my father's before me. The autumn's a fine time of year for a farmer, Mr. Crane. The bounty from your labor fills your larder. 
and you face the sharp, dark winter with peace. We'll eat heartily this season. Oh, yes, sir. A noble feast, indeed. Uh, I mean, I thank you for the privilege of instructing uh, Miss C Katrina. I, her voice that is his most um, unique. I, I could not do it justice in a lesson amongst the lesser singers. My pleasure, Mr. Crane, to admit a learned man to our home. Katrina's is, music is most dear to her. As I'm sure her talents will uh, ripen at your hand. <laughs> Mr. Crane! Oh, I hope you won't mind. I felt it best to begin before you arrive, so I'd be all ready for our lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, w will you sit and listen to this lesson? I would not wish to concern you by being alone with your dear daughter. Lad, you ask the same question each time you visit. I feel no need to chaperone. As my dear wife said, ducks and geese are foolish things and must be looked after. But girls can take care of themselves. Oh, thank you, sir. I give you my word that my dealing with her shall be honorable. <laughs> oh, Mr. Crane, I have no such fears. You are a gentleman, and, well, far too frail and framed to worry me. <laughs> Katrina is the only one here who can get the hogs to mind. Just last spring, our biggest boar took offense at her, stepping too close to his sow and charged her. Ooh. Katrina smacked him atop the snout with a trencher shovel, and he gave in at once. Oh, goodness! Oh, old Toby is all bark. He no more harm me than he would Becky, and she's born in more piglets than ye can count. Oh, of, of course, madam. Yet striking a beast so threatens to release the demons within. Boars are, as Reverend Mather notes, apt vessels for all sorts of spirits. I... I cannot imagine the, the danger, madam, to your immortal soul that such an encounter entailed. <laughs> Old Toby, a demon. He's a poor, aging porker, sir, nothing more. Nay, madam, Sir Reverend Mather teaches us that all manner of horrible demons are ever about us, seeking to lure us into Satan's eternal traps. You may see nothing greater than a wizened boar, the master of your barnyard, but in such beasts the evil darkness lurks, ready to strike unawares at the virtuous, but unwary. Well, er, uh, I thank you, Mr. Crane, for so powerful a moral lesson. <coughs> I, who knew old Toby could be such a harbinger of doom, I, uh, I think I should yield thee the, the now, Mr. Crane, and let you commence your lesson. Thank you, good Mr. Balthus. <laughs> so, um, madam, sh shall we begin, uh, scales and see? Of course, Mr. Crane. Ichabod. Lovely, Miss Von Tossel. Uh, now... Oh, Ichabod! You know you can call me Katrina? I, but, but I do wish to be proper. Oh, but it's just us. <laughs> we, we may be less formal. May I sit here on the bench by you? I could then try to read the music. It's so awfully hard to do. All those little spots. You? Well, I... Oh. <laughs> Of, of course, Miss <laughs> Katrina, <laughs> right here. Um. 
<laughs> now we can work much more closely. <laughs> Ichabod, why haven't you married? There must be so many ladies interested in you. <laughs> Me? Well, I, uh, well, I, I, I've only recently completed school, of course, and have only been at this position for a few months. I Ichabod, and... you're the schoolmaster. You're very respected. Well, I. Why, why, you're almost as learned as, learned as Parson Van Leeuwenhoek. Oh, 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 Miss Von Tassel. Katrina. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Katrina. <laughs> I I should like, if I may, mm -hmm. to call you at another time outside oh. the realm of these lessons, if your father will permit it, of course. Ichabod, you are so bold. Oh, I, I mean no offense. I you... took none. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we should continue. <laughs> You recall we were uh, working in choir on a, a doxology in a Gloria Patri. Uh, I should, I should like you very much to um, sing uh, the uh, mezzo. Oh, ooh. oh, 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 Mr. Crane, oh, you're right. Uh, yeah, yes, quite. M my deepest apologies. I. My lady cat, how are you, ducks? Abraham von Brunt. Oh, how good of you to come. Mr. Crane is about to teach me a Gloria Patri. Uh, Patri. Crane, how go the studies, man? Oh, uh, good day to you, Brom. Wait, Abraham von Brunt? <laughs> My given name, schoolmaster. The lad's just shortened it to Brom Bones. <laughs> I like it, actually. Fits me better than some stuffy moniker. <laughs> it fits you because you're such a massive burly brute. <laughs> <laughs> so, how goes the warbling ducks? Well, Ica, um, Mr. Crane, Mr. Crane is teaching me most, most, um, uh, Assiduously? Yes, uh, assiduously. We are the very souls of, um, assiduousness. Ooh, the book learning the ladies get these days, eh, Mr. Crane? Uh, uh yes, yes, quite. Miss Katrina is quite the Miss linguist. Miss Katrina? Being a bit familiar with the lady, are you not, schoolmaster? Oh, no, no, no. I, we just, in our lessons, you see. Oh, Brom, it's completely fine for him to call me Katrina, just like you do. <laughs> After all, Mr. Crane, Ichabod, and I pass many pleasant hours in our lessons. In fact, we often speak of things quite removed from the musical arts. Do we not, Ichabod? Oh. Do ye indeed, Mr. Crane? Uh, well, I... Uh, we, we speak of things philosophical and literary as if it's a lesson in the fine arts. Goodness, look at the time. My apologies, Miss <laughs> Von Tassel. I am quite late for another appointment um, in town. All right, now, Cat. What are these lessons? That wispy little milksop isn't courting you, is he? <laughs> oh, Baron. I couldn't say. You'll have to ask him his intentions. We simply pass very pleasant times. But blast it all, Cat. I'm courting ye. Yes. And have I given my hand to you yet? Or made any promises? Or have you asked any such thing of me? Well, no, Cat. But, 
Blast it, the whole village knows my intentions towards you. And you know them just as well. <laughs> oh, yes, Brom, I know your intentions. You will woo me when it suits you with all the gentle caresses and endearments of a bear. You are a great, powerful man, Brom, and gallant after your fashion, but Ichabod is a gentle and learned soul, well-mannered, charming. Crane is a wheat stalk in a thunderstorm. A wispy nothing. He is the schoolmaster, Brom. Can you claim such an exalted position? Well, I... I have my, my own lands. And I... Well, I have your reputation. I'm known in this county and, yes, beyond. <laughs> known for what, Brom? Well, for my, my... My prowess on horse. For my stories and stoutness. No man dare stand up to me on any matter of honor. Especially not to panty waist like... Is it his learnedness that concerns you, Brom? Is... What? Oh, dash it, cat. Book learning is nothing. I have my letters too, you know. I'm not a total slot. Can that scarecrow leap a fence with that broken down nag he borrows? Or if he rode my daredevil, presuming he could handle the beast? Or could he prank old man Linden with the tar on the latch of his privy house? Huh? <laughs> the man pulled on that door until he was begging to get inside. <laughs> well, who got you the tar, Brown? My point exactly, Cat. You know we're of a kind. Well, are you formally making a proposal? I... Well, I... Well, no, Cat. I, you know I have to speak first to your father, and and then he must consult with mine about dowry, and and. Uh... Yes, and you're quite adept at those ands. Yet you ask me not to entertain any other suitors. If you have a mind to ask for my hand, Brombones, Abraham von Brunt, then you must do so, in person and out loud. If you do not, I am free to see whomever I wish. Now. I think you should go. We are alone, which is not proper. And are there, and there are, I'm sure, fences to leap and privies to sabotage the true work of a gentleman. Cat, come on, don't be... Good day, Mr. Brunt. I do not profess to know how women's hearts are wooed and won. They've always been matters of riddle and admiration. Some seem to have but one vulnerable point, while others may be captured in a thousand different ways. Now, it is a great triumph of skill to gain the former, but a still greater proof of generalship to maintain possession of the latter. He who wins a thousand common hearts is therefore entitled to some renown, but he who keeps sway over the heart of a coquette is indeed a hero. Certainly, this was not the case with Brom Bones. He had no idea how to man all the portals into Katrina's heart. And from the moment Ichabod Crane made his advances, a deadly feud gradually arose between him and the schoolmaster of Sleepy Hollow. Brom would have preferred open warfare to settle their rivalry by single combat, but Ichabod was too conscious of his adversary's superior might to enter any such contest. This obstinately polite state of affairs only provoked Brom the more. It left him no alternative but to play boorish practical jokes upon his rival. What's wrong with people? What? 
is moot. Is the school of fire? I'll open the window. Oh, blast it all. Give me that chair. Fly through. Fly through. Why good, Mr. Crane? What's the matter? Rob! Oh, thank goodness you came just now. Ride, sir, ride! You must summon the brigade. I fear the schoolhouse has caught fire. Think you so? Might it not be that the chimney is clogged? Nonsense! I have the chimney swept monthly against such... What, what, what is that? But it would appear, Mr. Warbling Schoolmaster Crane, that some bird or creature has clogged your chimney. With a full feather bolster? It appears so, yes. How remarkable. Uh, sir, what, what manner of creature could even carry such a thing on the roof, let alone placed so in the chimney just in time for our choir lesson? Oh, uh, who can say? The beasts of field and forest are many. And you are so fond of noting, schoolmaster, all sorts of dread demons lurk in every wallowing hog and swaying tree branch. Perhaps such a spirit. It may be that you have roused their ire, good sir. Well... Enjoy your lesson. These sorts of japes continued for some time. Such a feast by Miss Van Beek. I am entirely too full. This will help immensely. Something wrong, Mr. Feasting Scarecrow, upon other men's bounty? Brom! Mr. Van Brook, please, the seat of the privy gave way and... So I see. How unfortunate for you. Imagine the demons lurking in such a hellish cesspool, not to mention the insects and rats. Rats? Insects? Oh, oh, help, help! How terribly undignified for an educated man. Hello, cat. Here's your learned voice instructor. <laughs> Here, Mr. Choirmaster, a new tenor to instruct in your hymnals. Oh, shoo, shoo, oh, go on, get, get out of here. Oh, oh, oh please, oh, uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, he likes you especially, Mr. Crane. Now, Mr. Crane was too gentlemanly and too retiring in nature to retaliate against these indignities. So he bore them with what he regarded as noble stoicism, which to the villagers rather seemed feeble submission. These pranks continued for some time, until on a crisp late October day, in the midst of lessons, a servant from the Van Tassel household rode up to the schoolhouse in haste. Mr. Crane, sir? Ah, who, who are you? What do you want here? This is the middle of the lessons. The, the boys need not be afflicted with whatever... Sir, I ride from Mynheer Van Tassel to deliver you this. It's... Oh, uh, Mynheer Van Tassel's... This, this very evening, a, a party for all hallows. Oh, how, how... How grand I... My apologies, good sir. I, I have been beset. Yes, sir, I know. I think all the village know all too well how ye have been beset. This is enough. I, I appreciate your solicitude, sir, but it is unnecessary. And please tell Mynheer Von Tassel that I shall be honored to attend his feast this evening. Very good, sir. 
Miss Van Tassel especially requested that I entreat you to attend. She did? Well, I... Well, after all, I am her choir master and voice instructor. Please, when you inform Mynheer Van Tassel of my intentions, convey my deepest thanks and regards to Miss Van Tassel as well. I will, sir. Oh, how, how festive. But on the eve of All Hallows... Oh, that is an evil night, when the spirits walk forth. But Reverend Mather did not observe it, so it thus follows that it is not a night when spirits truly walk forth, but merely a night like any other. Yes, and a feast to further dispel any impious notion is well served. Oh, how delightful! And can <clears throat> Miss Von Tossel will surely be most prettily arrayed. <laughs> What's this? Oh, back to your studies, all of you. The scholars were hurried through their lessons, and the whole school was turned loose an hour before the usual time. The prospect of attending such an affair and a feast to boot filled our fine Mr. Crane with fervid anticipation. That the much-desired Katrina would also be there only added to his fluttering. Ichabod now spent at least an extra half-hour dressing. He even borrowed a horse from the farmer with whom he was staying, a broken-down beast that had outlived almost everything but his viciousness. Though long dampened, in his day he must have had fire and metal, if we may judge from his name, gunpowder. As he rode out in the lengthening twilight, all around him nature wore the livery of autumn. Ichabod imagined the touch of Miss Katrina's dainty, dimpled hand serving him the promised feast, and all thought of demons and evil spirits quite fled from his mind in anticipation of such a bounty. It was toward evening that Ichabod arrived at the Van Tassel estate, which was thronged with the pride and flower of the country. My near Crane, welcome to my home, to our feast. Hendrik van Windergen, come meet our fine young schoolmaster, voice teacher to my dear daughter. Oh, boy. Are you ill? You look all famished out. Oh, no, sir. I, I am but thin by nature. Uh-huh. Well, you cannot be a farmer, such state boy. Let the lad the schoolmaster, Hendrik. <laughs> a schoolmaster? <laughs> Have we need of such extravagance? Schoolmaster and his women's work in the home. Uh, a good printer and a birch is all we need. Oh, no, sir. The, the world has such vast knowledge now. Uh, no man need know anything more than how to run his farm and how to worship his savior. The rest is vanity. Uh, surely, sir, you don't think that art and music... Vanity, boy! Frills for after the belly's full. Hendrick is a hard case, Ichabod. His house is as spare as his manor. Or, or beauty. The, the beauty of... Well, pardon me, my dear Von Tassel, but, for example, the, the beauty of the young Miss Von Tassel. That, sir, is, is no vanity. Ah, uh, <laughs> so, Balthus, the young man is besotted with Katrina. Well, good choice, I must say, but, uh, yes, boy, vanity. A woman's beauty is passing like your youth, like life. Good, hard practicality endures. There's danger in the beauty of a woman for any man. Robs you of your good sense, makes you spendthrift of your money and of your soul. Now look past beauty to find a good practical woman, boy. You'll be safer. Uh, sir, I cannot disagree more strongly with all due respect to my near seniority. Now, Ichabod, no more. Ha! I've had this argument with Hendrick since I was younger than you, and he'll no more budge than the rocks will soften. It's his great damnation of a world 
too pretty for his tastes. It's life, Balthus. All that stands between us and the fiends is our good sense. This night of all, you should see that. Pretty women are baubles of the devil when the horse, headless horseman rides on all hallows. <gasps> I, I, I know of this spirit. It is a local demon of a type Reverend Mathers works addresses most thoroughly. They are truly to be feared, yes. But, 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 but beauty, sir, is their most deadly nemesis. And their likeliest means of entrapment. Oh, <laughs> Ichabod, I am so happy to see you this evening. <laughs> Pardon me, father, but may I ask Mr. Crane to dance with me? <laughs> oh, of course, my dear. I think Mr. Crane would enjoy that far more than being a latecomer to the dispute between two old men. Oh, oh, oh. thank you, sir. I, I mean, C Katrina, I, I mean both of you. And, and thank you, my dear von Wernigen, for a most uh, stimulating discussion. Vanity! The demons and the horsemen are loose! Miss Von Tassel? <laughs> oh, Ichabod, my name is Katrina... Please. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, then. Uh, Katrina. <laughs> May I? By Jiminy, that crane lad is a dervish. Miss Van Tussle so flushed. I but with delight has she ever been danced like that. Hello there, young Brom. I <laughs> can't got your tongue there, Brom. Seems that Mr. Crane has Miss Katrina quite smitten. So he dances. So do trained horses. <laughs> Brom, will you dance with me? It seems Katrina is well taken for the moment. Mr. DeGroat. Miss Gelden. Well, uh, yes, of course, Lottie. Excuse me, my near DeGroat. <laughs> of course, Brom. Dance like the thunderstorm. And mine, poor Miss Gelden's feet. Oh, Ichabod! Such a dance! I'm quite worn out. I, too, Miss Katrina. <laughs> oh, oh, look, here's silly Brom trying to dance with Lottie Gelden. He dances strongly. He dances like an unlettered brute. Oh! And there goes poor Lottie's fine slipper, trodden under a dirty boot. Oh, Brom, you ox! Mr. Crane, could you, ah, uh, please have... Dance with, with. Oh, but perhaps later, Miss Kelden. It appears you need to take a seat for a period before any further dancing, if I may say. True, Mr. Crane. I need to dunk my foot in a very cold stream. Cat, dance with me, eh? And suffer the same fate as poor Lottie? Thank you, but no. Dash it all, cat! I am in the midst of a most stimulating conversation with Mr. Crane, who, I might add, is a charming dancer as well. Cat. Uh, my new Van Brunnen, I, I think the lady has made her desires clear. <laughs> and are ye supposed to be defending her honor now, schoolmaster? <laughs> I, I defend only the truth and her expressed wishes, sir. Bron, we can talk later. Aye, that we will. Oh, Ichabod! You are so gallant. I, well, I, I simply, I just, well, Katrina, I, I, I wouldn't, you... Oh, Mr. Crane, Arena Van Deneman here, and I have a dispute about the spirits that you must judge for us. I, Mrs. Covenhoven, how, um, how pleasant to see you. I, uh, you see, I... Ichabod, you are learned, 
The good ladies need your wisdom. <laughs> I shall be here. Oh, Mr. Crane, how delightful! We know your expertise in matters of evil spirits and your studies in Reverend Mather's works. We simply must have your opinion. On what good subject, madam? The Headless Horseman. The... I... I have heard of only a few small tales of this spirit, madam, and to be sure it is not addressed by Reverend Mather. He was, after all, a Massachusetts man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Whatever brings so chilling a, a subject into your conversation? Why, this night, young man, the eve of all hollows, the night when the horseman runs loose. Mm -hmm. uh, I see. What, may I ask, is the history of this oh, horseman? Oh, he's been known since I was a child. He's the spirit of a Hessian trooper. My father told me he was a British officer. A Hessian trooper, says I. Was I not a child when he lost his head? Lost his head? But of course, dear boy, during the revolution. Oh, the whole Hudson Valley was ablaze in 77 when the Redcoats were trying to win the River Valley up to Quebec. Only the Continentals at Saratoga stopped them or they'd have won the war for sure. There was a Hessian trooper on the road here near the churchyard. Had his head taken clean off by a cannonball. Ooh, my mom said it was an Indian savage ambushed him on the road, scalped him, and took his whole head for trophy. Taken clean off by a cannonball, says I. And said my sainted father, who first saw him ride forth from the churchyard at night. Ch churchyard? You, you mean the churchyard along the road from this place to Sleepy Hollow? Aye, the same. The whole road he travels when he rises in the gloom of night, searching ever for his lost head. His body abides in the churchyard, moldering away, but his spirit yet rides forth. <laughs> Why, old Brower, who was the most thorough disbeliever in ghosts, met the horseman one moonless night returning to Sleepy Hollow near the churchyard and rode over hill and swamp trying to escape until he reached the church bridge where the horseman turned him into a skeleton, threw old Brower into the brook and sprang away over the treetops with a clap of thunder. Oh, like the wind he rides, faster than breath, they say. Oh, dear. No more was old Brower a disbeliever after that so long as he lived which poor soul was not long. The event quite undid him. Oh, many the souls who have been reaped by the horsemen. Oh, dear. But what, dear ladies, is the subject of your dispute? Just this. I say spirits like the horsemen may walk or ride forth any time, for their quests are eternal. Irina being foolish. I am not foolish, and my words are from my own sainted father. Uh, please, good ladies, what is your dispute? I have been taught that such spirits can only rise on evil nights, such as this one, the eve of all hallows, when the devil raises his arm to smite the godly. Your view, Gerda, is blasphemous. Blasphemous? Me? Blasphemous. For it means evil is more powerful than our savior. Our Lord vanquished the fiend with his resurrection. Good ladies, I feel you both have merit to your positions. Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. Our Lord did triumph forever over evil and death. But until he comes again, his work is yet incomplete, is it not? The fiend has spirits and demons ever at his disposal to work against the unwary. 
Reverend Mather saw them appear most prodigiously in innocent young girls in Salem, as he recounts. This uh, horseman is just one example. What then do you believe, sir? I, uh, I believe that spirits indeed walk forth, but some knights, like this one, are especially fraught with their presence. Spirits that might otherwise be bound or limited may be freed this night. That's why tomorrow, the day of all saints, we thank the hallowed dead for the passing of the dark night. Oh, these questions of theology are better taken up with the deacon than with me. I have some learning, but I am not a man of God as he is. Now, um, I pray you excuse me, I have someone I must find, find again. He answered nothing, did he? Well, he showed his fear of the horseman. I thought he would faint at that story. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Horseman, headless. He's here. Oh, oh dear. You seem troubled, Mr. Crane. Uh, Miss Vandermeer, I. Well, I. Uh, Miss Vandermeer. You have lived here all your life? Eighty-two years now, Mr. Crane. Oh, and and you no doubt have heard of the, the, the horseman. Oh, of course. Do, do you believe the legend to be real? Real? Oh, Mr. Crane, what is real and what is not? But that thinking makes it so. I, I, I don't understand, madam. If you believe the horseman is real, young man, then indeed he is. And nothing I or anyone else can say will change your belief. Or your fear, will it? But the truth... Lies in the mind of each of us. Yours is different than mine, believe me, on many subjects. We have lived our own different lives, and your truth is not mine, nor can it be. So decide, Mr. Crane, what is true for you. I... I know not, madam. I... I just... Oh, dear! Cat, talk to me, blast it all! I owe Mr. Crane another dance. Oh, Crane! You... You owe me some respect, some civility. Why? Because you stomp about the county and on poor girls' toes, and you want to stomp about me as well? Cat, you're my only one. You know that. Do I? <sighs> oh, Miss Von Tossel, my apologies. You need not apologize, Ichabod. Mm. Did you resolve the ladies' dispute? Mediating between the old women now, schoolmaster. <laughs> a manly task. I was asked to point a, a pedagogical order, <laughs> sir, and I felt obliged to respond. Oh, what was it about? The, 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 the headless horseman. Oh, that old wife's tale. <laughs> the horseman's not but an errant jockey. <laughs> no, I find little amusing in it. I barely knew of his existence until now. From the very churchyard along the way back to Sleepy Hollow he rides. How horrible. On this night of all. And, and, searching for his head. Oh, Ichabod, tis but a story. Stories of evil spirits are nothing to dismiss. They lurk everywhere, ready to ensnare the unwary soul. What? Uh, uh, yes, well, uh, I must excuse myself. I have um, matters to attend to. Farewell, schoolmaster. Mynheer von Brunt, I am sorry to trouble you with such dark things, Katrina. Uh, don't be foolish, Ichabod. 
Those are stories old women tell. Oh, but but Katrina, Reverend Mather himself says- Reverend Mather? Who is he? Some ancient babbling fool? Are all the clerics in Massachusetts so watery? M Miss Von Tassel, Reverend Mather is, uh, was the leading authority on possession and, and evil spirits and- Oh, posh, Mr. Crane. We are too practical a race here to believe such twaddle. Uh, twaddle? Miss Von Tassel, I- I must not say what I feel. I am keenly disappointed. In, in what? That that I am too practical to believe in foolish ghost stories and widows babble? Miss Von Tassel, but there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt and of in- I know my Shakespeare, sir. I- you reject then the best that modern physical philosophy proposes? Oh, Ichabod, really? I- I, I should leave, madam. Please give my respects to your father. A milksop. A fearful, querulous fool. <laughs> oh, oh, well. But he has gotten Brom to pay some attention, finally. With a heart as black as the gathered night, Mr. Crane began his slow ride back to Sleepy Hollow, astride poor old gunpowder through the deep woods. It was the very witching time of night. The stars seemed to sink deeper into the sky. The woods crowded around the narrow road. Every night noise and click seemed Ichabod's fraught with peril, as all the stories of ghosts and demons crowded his mind. Oh, no, no, just a branch creaking in the breeze. On gunpowder, this night, this path, the eve of all hallows. No, no, not true. I must decide. On, I say gunpowder, faster, to home and hearth and safety from the creatures of the night. The road now crossed a small brook, a few rough-hewn logs serving as a bridge. Gunpowder halted before this obstacle and stumbled in some brambles on the side of the path. Oh, I say gunpowder. What... What is... Who are you? In the gloom across the brook, a huge misshapen figure now loomed blacker than the shadows surrounding it. Who, who are you, I say? On, gunpowder. On! The shape suddenly moved, and with a scramble and a bound, stood in the middle of the road. It now appeared to be a horseman of large dimensions, mounted on a powerful black horse. Gunpowder, on! Oh, yes, on faster, I say, damn you. But the stranger quickened his own horse to ride close by. Uh, halt! Oh! Yah! <laughs> As the two rode, silent but matched, up a ridge in the road, the figure outlined itself against the dark sky. <gasps> Headless! Yet, yet what? Oh, oh, sweet Jesus, it rides with its head on the pommel of its saddle. Uh, Gunpowder, on, on, uh, on! Away now they dashed, stones flying and sparks flashing at every bound. Gunpowder plunged downhill, towards the bridge by the church. But as he fled, his saddle began to slip so that Ichabod found himself now on one side, now on the other, and sometimes jolted on Gunpowder's high ridge backbone with a ferocity that he felt he would surely break him in two. Ch church bridge! Church bridge! Reach there and I am safe. On Gunpowder! The hot breath on my back! Oh, almost there! Gunpowder thundered over the resounding planks and gained the opposite side. Safe! Across the church bridge. Oh, thanks to heaven. But what? 
The goblin rose in his stirrups, his horse rolling as well, neighing horribly, and with a piercing shriek, hurled his very head at Ichabod. He tried to dodge, but too late. It struck his skull with tremendous force. He tumbled headlong into the dust and gunpowder. The black steed and the horseman passed by like a world. The next morning, Gunpowder was found without his saddle, soberly cropping the grass at his master's gate. Mr. Crane was nowhere to be seen. His hat, along with the missing saddle, was found trampled in the dirt near the church bridge, surrounded by hoofprints. Near it lay a shattered pumpkin. Ichabod Crane was never seen in Sleepy Hollow again. The following spring, Abraham von Brunt, known as Brom Bones, conducted the blooming Miss Van Tassel to the altar. Mynheer Bones, for his part, would look knowingly whenever the story of Ichabod was told and would burst into laughter upon mention of the pumpkin. Some years later, a visitor brought a story that Mr. Crane had moved to a distant part of the country, kept school, and became a politician. The old country wives, however, who are the best judges of these matters, maintain to this day that Ichabod was spirited away by supernatural means. The schoolhouse being deserted fell to decay and was reported to be haunted by poor Mr. Crane's ghost, and the plowboy loitering homeward of a still summer evening has often fancied Ichabod's voice at a distance, chanting a melancholy tune among the tranquil solitudes of Sleepy Hollow. You have been listening to a radio drama adaptation of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving, adapted for radio by Richard Hutchinson and performed by the Janus Radio Players of the Camino Real Playhouse in San Juan Capistrano, California. Mark Schwartz was the narrator. Connor Hill was Ichabod Crane. Monica Rose Kinney was Katrina Van Tassel. Gerardo Villalobos was Brom Bones. John Rosenbaum was Balthus Van Tassel. Arlene Miller was Greet Van Beek. Jack Aldridge was Mr. DeGroot. Ed Hayes was Hendrick Van Wintergarden. Kelly Keefe was Mrs. Covenhoven. Wendy Carp Gallo was Mrs. Van Daneman. Kathy Fisher was Gert Jansen. Adriana Diabate was Latte Gelden. Balthus's man was Mitchell LaSalle. The Black Cat was Emma Hutchinson. And B.J. Scott was Mrs. Vandermeer. Morrison's Jig was performed by Kaylee Johnson. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow was directed by Richard Hutchinson. Narrative direction assistance by A.J. Edmonds. The technical direction was by Roger Woodcock. And assistance from A.J. Edmonds and Jamie Morgan. The producer of the Janus Radio Players is Daryl Hill. The Janus Radio Players is part of the Camino Real Playhouse in San Juan Capistrano. <laughs>